What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Books to Business podcast. I'm your co-host, Eddie Pinero. And today, we have another amazing book on our, our quest to read a book a week and break it down for you guys. want to uh, say thank you and uh, just mention how excited we are to all the new subscribers that have shown up in the last week. A lot of people at home looking to jump on the bus, read, educate themselves, better their lives. And, and it's just great to see these messages coming through. So we're, we're really excited to have you. Um, this week, we're diving into Five Stars by Carmine Gallo. And those of you who have been with us for, for a while, you know that way back in season one, we looked at Carmine's book, Talk Like Ted and Storyteller Secrets. Um, just a, a brilliant mind with regards to storytelling. Um, and so we had the opportunity to interview him last week, and now we take it a step further, diving into the book on persuasion, communication, and how to, to take your ideas and get them out to the world, because that's what differentiates um, uh, someone that is able to transform and, and succeed and someone that just takes their idea with them, right? It's, it's how do you get it to the world? Um, and Carmine talks about uh, plenty of ideas, plenty of tips, plenty of tricks to become a better storyteller, to become more persuasive, and to communicate. I hope you enjoy the episode. Talk to you soon. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Books to Business podcast. Today, we're going to talk about Five Stars by Carmine Gallo. The communication secrets to get from good to great. And we just uh, had a chance to interview Carmine about this book. And Carmine and I uh, go back to the fall when he did my TED Talk. I actually reached out to him. I read his book. I sent him a message. I wanted some feedback on my TED Talk. And he uh, agreed to kind of coach me. And I, I flew out to uh, his home out in Silicon Valley and spent the day with him. And he taught me a lot of the techniques that are in this book. So I... I think uh, by the end of this podcast, you're going to learn a lot of things about how to get your message across, how to share your idea powerfully and persuade Yeah, and get, and get five stars, like a five-star hotel. What else is rated five stars? What is five stars? I just, I Restaurants. Just, uh, Restaurants. And he, went to, he actually goes through in the first, in the first chapter, uh, what, what's the difference between four and five stars, like in the hotel industry? There's like very few five stars, real five stars. 140 something. Yeah, almost none. I mean, in the yeah. world of this, like, and there's tens of thousands of four stars. So it's how to make that little step above to become uh, elite and stand out. This big, this book is about standing out. It's about sharing your idea, and you know, being a cut above everyone else. Yeah, and and how little that is. Like yeah. the the difference between being incredible and being good in 2020 in the days of teleconferencing and video and you know access to hundreds of thousands and, and millions of people is is very little it's some some tactical things that you can implement into your storytelling and what you do and makes a big difference we those that watch the podcast will know that we talked about carmine when we did storyteller secrets right. and talk like ted way back in the day so yeah if you're going to be a speaker or a coach or a communicator or a teacher you're going to ever do a powerpoint slideshow you're even going to ever kind of try to teach your kids something the the ideas in this in this book are, are remarkable uh and it's about cutting away everything everything we've done like in almost all the books it's not about doing more and gaining more abilities it's about refining the five or six that you have yeah make them tight and he, i think he just does a great job 
given you a framework to build a, a world-class presentation um, with a lot of, lot of easy ideas. And we, we plucked about four or five. We can chat Our about. favorites. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, that, we're but we're that, a little biased, but... That's a great point, though. Throughout the whole book, you see that theme of just simplification, PowerPoint, storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's simple, evoking emotion, getting a point across. And, you know, like you said, we'll talk about some of it, but reoccurring in almost every episode, every author at one point or another mentions, you know, the, the human tendency to want to acquire and, and expand and grow as opposed to cutting away. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, um, the difference maker, we, we interviewed him uh, the other night, uh, and he said there's really, be, be, the ages of these changes that are happening, we have one happening right now, and almost every instance, uh, a new social class was born. In almost every instance, there was uh, new, 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 new occupations that are born. Right. And we're in the cognitive uh, revolution, I think. You know, this is, ideas are, are what are explosive. You know, physical abilities are becoming less, uh, less monetizable, if you will. You know, being stronger and faster isn't necessarily translatable to, to uh, making more money or being more successful or happy. It's how to get an idea, how to think differently and perhaps with some novelty and then be able to communicate that effectively uh, to your audience and yeah. persuade somebody to your idea. It's important. Yeah. It's almost tangential to um, Harari and Homo Deus. You know, he's talking about how things are changing and we have to evolve. Right. And, you know, Carmine says the same thing just in a different way right yeah yeah and everything's a lot more simple than you think right like this isn't about um you know that the, the talks about the companies i mean he talks about uber uber was an idea airbnb was one of my most favorite ones when the guy that they have a like a, a storyline to airbnb how they 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 started uh it's a three-part story. We'll go over it at the end. But I like how that the whole company started off the idea of a couple of kids uh, trying to make a couple of bucks with some air mattresses in their in their living room. It's pretty inspiring. Yeah, making making tens of thousands of dollars selling cereal boxes. It's like right. man. Yeah, the Obama Obama uh, Cheerios was it? The Obama Cheerios. They <laughs> Obama sold, What they sell for forty dollars a box? And Captain McCain's. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> pretty Captain. clever. Pretty clever. Yeah. Well, they were running out of money, and they did that. They, and they, made, they raised enough money to keep going, and then they attracted big investors like Ashton Kutcher and, and that Y Combinator, I think it was called, in Silicon Valley. And they were like, will people really, really spend money to sleep on an air mattress in someone's living room? And the guy says, well, you guys, you guys got someone to buy a $3 box of cereal for 40 bucks, so we'll give you a shot. That's yeah. really what... I'm betting on you. <laughs> right. That's right. Uh, sometimes you've got to be slightly crazy enough um, to get people going. So what was, it, what was your favorite topic? So people that haven't read this book, and, and we've kind of given a little intro on it, like what, what do you think would be a cool starting point to open it up? Oh, I mean, that, this, is, this isn't a new concept. It's, it's the storytelling framework. I like, you know, when people, you know, people that, are, that, I, that I consult and coach are mostly salespeople, so they're always looking for a, a way to make a better sales presentation. And you know, taking the the busy and the extensive words out and bringing it down to re- readability mm-hmm. index. That was one of mm-hmm. my favorite parts. That you got to run your 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 speeches and copy through a readability index, which will basically say that this is what a you know a third grader or a fourth grader or an eleventh grader is the education is required to read and understand this copy, which is incredibly challenging. It's really yeah to to make things you and by the way better is lower. 
the best speeches of our time are all lower readability. Right. Uh, but I, li- I like the three. I like the three part story system. It's still it's still fantastic. You know, the, the hero's journey. Um, one thing I learned about in this book that I didn't know is the Elon Musk interview questions. Mm. You know, he's got you know if you you should ever interview with Elon Musk. He's got a three. He's got three questions he asks you. And he wants to see how you answer them. The first one is, uh, tell me your life story. The second one is, uh, tell me about the decisions you made along the way. And the third, the third, third question is, uh, tell me why you made those decisions. So he's looking for... An organization that builds rockets, and those are the questions that he asks. I yeah. mean, that just goes to right. show you, right? I think he's looking for you know, great communicators. And great yeah. communicators keep it simple. Um, great communicators... Don't leave you hanging. They don't. They don't have you running to a dictionary, right? Right. They don't have you looking up words. And there's stories throughout. I think you know because his world is is essentially Silicon Valley, right? You said that's where he lives. Seems and like it. Yeah. Pulls from a lot of those examples. You know, you hear a lot of uh, people in the tech world. You know, he gives an example of, uh, and I forget the guy's name. There's so many names and good, great stories in this book, but um, maybe if you do, you can throw it out. But the the gentleman that started coding late didn't really know. You know, was was behind. That's right. the long story short, and really blew people away with his interview skills and his storytelling and making himself the hero in these short conversational interviews, right. and just commanded. You know, everyone wanted him. He got yeah. a lot of money and um, was chosen above very experienced coders. Yeah, what'd you like? I like the five um, components of, of TED Talks. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 The first one was. Uh I love the first one because people show up to TED and they have these big long PowerPoint slideshows that they, they said they take you out, buy you a drink, and start deleting your bullets. <laughs> <laughs> so have a drink. You're going to need this because we're getting rid of your entire presentation and they're going to replace the bullets with pictures. Yeah. So yeah. That's what Carmine did with my, my TED Talk. I had a lot of bullets so I'd remember them um, when you're talking because you got 18 minutes. Um, TED advocates none. Pictures. No yeah, just pictures. Yeah, I ended up with pictures. Very few words. Um, what else is in the, in the humor? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Tell a big jokes. One. That, I mean, he, you know, adding a joke, that's kind of touchy. Do you recall using humor at all in yours? Uh, no, and that's you know, as years down the road, I look yeah. back and I think that would have been something that I, I'd like to add on the next one. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, you're, I know you. I know you personally. I don't know you know you to be your brand to be a funny brand, but you're a funny guy. I, yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah I separate them. I yeah. segment them, you yeah, know. Because your, your motivation space is kind of a serious space. That's kind of interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's hey, funny. You ever, see, you ever see someone who trying to be funny that isn't funny? Yes. The only way they Frequently. can be, yeah, they can be funny by making fun of the fact that they're not funny. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he talks, it's, well, he talks about that. Self-deprecation is yeah. a big one. Right. Um, yeah. What are some... Um, Who's the guy from... Uh, are they in here? I want to read them out. Oh, I got them here. Yeah. They're... Uh, Share stories was the third one. Share, right. Yeah, yeah. Share a, share, share a story of struggle, right? Conflict, uh, coming back, uh, being against, you know, a clock, uh, coming back from something, some kind of adversity. That's, the, that's like, and then um, he, what else did he talk about? He breaks away and he goes, you know, into a little bit how humans are designed for story. He talks about right. the campfire right. sitting around. That's how we communicated. And, and even into some, like, um, studies. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah that. Um, with brainwaves. Yeah. And, you know, hearing audio, 
your brain, you know, was it an MRI? I forget. There's machines. Anytime I get into these details, I say things that aren't, aren't correct. <laughs> uh, but they, they, they basically measured the brain waves of someone listening to audio and then in a language they couldn't understand. And then once they translated it, that same audio they could understand and they heard the story, you know, the, the brain waves matched the person yeah. telling the story. The neurocoupling, I think he called it. It's yeah. Like when you're in, a, you're in heavy rapport with somebody. It's almost like a symphony, you know? Sometimes when the, the conductor of the symphony has someone out, he'll just go boom, boom. The story puts everybody in the same wave. Then the brains start going up and down at the same time. It's pretty interesting. It's really an incredible yeah. thing. But science, though, is not... And it's, it's the only thing that does that is story. Nothing else does it. The emotion of story puts people in a, in a uh, neuro-coupling. Neuro-alignment, he also calls it. It's like your brains are you're clicked. It's called rapport. Right. Heavy rapport is when somebody identifies uh, with you. It's like uh, when you write an ad, you want them to be shaking your, you know, are you, are you overwhelmed? Are you frustrated? Are you scared? Like you want them saying, yes, me? Oh yeah, yep, yep, yep. While that's happening, even if it's in written words, people are kind of starting to connect with your message so they're ready to receive. Well, guess what? I was too. So now we're in, we're in a vibe. And, and then you give them a solution. Mm. It's kind of cool. Yeah, the neuro, neuro coupling. Uh, with you mentioned the little bit of like sort of discomfort yeah that makes it more memorable which is interesting the struggle yeah the conflict yeah yeah like you're you uh in, in there's no story without a conflict right no think look at star wars without conflict you know luke's uncle didn't get killed or the death or the there's death, no darth yeah. vader yeah, there's I no mean, conflict. there's on. no story it's just come a story on. about a, people having a good time so that's three. Uh, headlines is one of them. Head, yeah, the head, um, headlines you, and the three-point. You, you're, uh, yeah. Basically explaining the narrative, right? The, the main point right out of the gate, right? Right. So it was, because he said there's a trap that people fall into um, where they kind of keep it a, a mystery and, and people don't really know where the presentation is going. Right. Um, but to say that right up front so that, Every example is reinforcing what people already have been told. Right, yeah. Um, keep it to three. Yep. He said the rule of three uh, is important. That's one thing that, that uh, I went through with him is I had, I think I got it down. It started at 12, 12 ways to recreate yourself. It was going to be over 12 weeks. And then I got it down to five. Mm-hmm. And then we, we ended up with three. And, you know, that was it. This is how you do it. You go from, you know, the, the theme was go from broken to beautiful and the three steps. It's probably painful cutting some of that stuff because, you know, your story is such a personal one. Yeah. And it's like the, it's not unimportant, the things that you're getting rid of, right. you know? So oh, I, know. I, I bet it was challenging. I really. Well, it, it seems like you think something, you think it's the end of the world. Like, oh no, that was a really big deal. You weren't there. He goes, oh, well, I, don't, I know I went there, but I also won't understand it if you start going into it, nor will you have time to tell me the real story. Right. Like what the big idea in the, in the thing was to go from one place to another, to transport over and through conflict. And you, can't, you can only say a few things. And I think in an 18-minute TED Talk, you can only maybe do, what, three stories, four stories, maybe two jokes, and you're pretty much done. It's you quick. Know? Yeah, yeah, it's fast. Yeah, it's quick. Yeah, and you got a clock right over the cameraman's shoulder. Mm. So you always see the clock, so you don't. you got to, like, really stick to it. And, and that's a... Uh, you know, that's, that's the, the elements of story. And then the last one was, um, what was the last one in it? Oh, promise something new. Novelty. Yeah, like I'm going to give you something new, mm. uh, a new way, uh, novelty bias, which is cool. That's really cool. Yeah. 
It's funny. I remember when I did my TED talk, um, you know, a lot of people, I would say that the biggest challenge, or I should say TEDx talk, they, the biggest challenge was people going over that timeline, you know, because yeah. they, you know, like we're talking about, they condense all this stuff in. And, you know, what I've been doing for five years is is storytelling twice a week in a in a three to five minute window. Right. So it was almost like I had a hard time um, cr- crafting an impactful story over five minutes. I'm like I first, <laughs> the first <laughs> one you did for me was eleven minutes. It was it? Yeah, you got it down to eleven minutes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I used I used some of it. Then I added. It's funny. I gave you my life story. You knew it, and then you wrote it. You came back. It was eleven minutes. That's right. It was 11 I minutes, remember yeah. the taco I place. Said, eleven yeah, minutes. Sure. You're like, come yeah. on, man. I'd be embarrassed, but if I if I did it again, I'd try to do it and less. I think mine was 17 and a half minutes. Yeah. Yeah. A week before I was practicing it live, I did it about 10 times live and I don't know how many times in person, maybe another 80, you know, just reading it. And lot, my, my, my last live before Ted was 28 minutes. I went 10 minutes over. Dude. And I said, well, I couldn't believe I went 10 minutes over because I was timing it without people there and it was 18 minutes and I went live. It was 28 minutes. Did you have that one recorded by any chance? The 28? I do have it, yeah. Did you ever watch it? Because I'm curious to see what you could have... Oh, like, that'd be fun to compare. I have it. Yeah, I did it on my iPhone. Is that like... Because I was with you for a lot of those times. Yeah, you we, weren't... Yeah, we you practiced were at least 10 times in front of me. But the whole 18, thing. You know, I was nervous we were, about You were tight 18. at the end. And then the lady, the lady who went before me, the guy forgot to turn the clock on. Mm. <laughs> so I, was, I, went, I went up to him and said, make sure you have a, turn the clock on. Like, I'm trained to the clock. And he just forgot. That'd be interesting. Yeah, yeah. I don't it's know why. It's a curveball. I don't know why. It was probably just adding things. You gotta, you gotta take it away. And then uh, Aristotle has that. You know, I love the Aristotle, the three part, um, the three part uh, to the Aristotle Greek method of telling stories. Mm. He says the audience is the judge, and they're judging whether or not your story will make them happy. And it's pathos, right? Pathos is emotion, sixty percent, six six tenths of your of your presentation should be emotional. And then ethos uh, is, what's ethos? Essentially character. Character, right. Yeah, yeah character. And then what else? Uh, log- logos. Logos. Which is? Detail. Stats, right? Logic. Yeah, logic. 10%. Uh, no, uh, no, 20, 30% logic, 10% character. They want, they want you to give a little credibility, but it should be very little bit of the presentation. It should be about you. Most of it should be about your story. The struggle. The pathos. Yeah, the emotion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, um... I, I, I really well, no. I, was, I had a funny thought. Uh, random. Sorry to cut you off, but uh, it's like the past few episodes I can remember. Everything was about removing emotion, and this is like all about emotion. It was like add more emotion to your story, tell stories, be in the fantasy world, and like get to that frequency. <laughs> I, I just noticed that with what you're saying. So I'm like story, story, story. I'm like, wait, why do I feel like we? Sh-? I'm like against that emotional feeling. The other book we did with uh, Good to Great, I think I just it was. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it was interesting. Yeah, I just noticed that. Oh, wow, that is interesting. Because story, storytelling, this is so interesting, Steve. Yeah. Like, storytelling is emotion. Decision-making should be void of emotion. Yeah. Right? They're like two totally different things. That's what we're always talking about. Oh. Are we making an emotional decision or are we being pragmatic? Yeah. I think there's two, there's like components of a business. Like, if you're talking about a business, you're trying to put something out there. Let's say you have an idea, right? right. And you want to be a great communicator. And now you got to communicate your idea to somebody. You ever like say, I have an idea? Because we do it. We, sh- we, we kick, oh, yeah. kick all kinds of stuff around. We just change gears a lot I think in our we marketing. persuade each other, the three of us, more yeah. than we think. You know, that was, anyway. But we're getting better at, like, what is it? Like, yeah. we're, we're actually going, 
very super niche instead of going real broad because you you know you're one of the few people I know in all the businesses I've been around that you have you have connected to millions of people like that's very very difficult to do in a, like an intrinsic product like you're not selling a t-shirt or you're not selling something you have a, like a motivational video an that's idea yeah you know, like you're one of the few people that can do that um, and go broad because it's such an appealing you know discomfort and motivation and inspiration is just such a big space right now particularly now he was interviewed today with who, NBC for something? Um, yeah, someone from uh, a journalist from NBC. Yeah, cool. What were they talking about? A real sharp guy. Um, just things to do, uh, you know, within the COVID uh, situation, tips and tricks to kind of, uh, you know, something that he was hearing is that the day sort of blends together and people become restless and just different ways to kind of break it down and, and make the most of it. Yeah, break it down. Break it down. It's, also, it's always it down. a simple thing. It is. Yeah. You know, um, but, but the, you know, the, the framework for that, if you have an idea, make it as little as possible, like this little. Like if your idea, like Airbnb, he didn't talk about, you know, renting out everybody's house worldwide and getting over that giant barrier of mm. sleeping in a stranger's house. He was like, oh, no, this, this is like San Diego. The presidential convention's coming in. We're going to rent out a couple bedrooms in someone's house, and they're going to pay for it, and it's going to work. So they told stories to get past why people do that. So it was called MVP, the minimum viable product first. And then you build, you know, this is what it is. And, and then you build a little story like Steve Jobs did for the iPhone. Yeah. He said, we're going to have a portable computer. I'm going to talk to you about a telephone and then an uh, online device, right? That was his story, three parts. He says, and it's the iPhone. It's all, one, it's all one product. That was his story. So he had a very small, and the iPhone barely worked then, the first iPhone. Yeah. I actually bought it. You have it? Yeah, no, I bought it. I don't have it anymore, but I, I, was, I stood in line like Do an idiot. Do you know idiot. how much one of those unboxed, like unopened is now? Like tens of thousands of I can't dollars. Imagine. Yeah. <laughs> didn't one guy one guy bought one and stomped on it right in front of everybody? Did he get like a bazillion views online? Oh, that'd break my heart. He's probably, yeah, he he probably, he's probably no longer amongst us. Yeah. <laughs> Track him down, Steve. I sure thing. Sure thing. I'm on it. GPS? Okay. Yeah. yeah let's let's, let's, let's uh, <laughs> Track him down. <laughs> they used to do a lot of those videos to get people would go to try to Phone get viral. Phone stomping video? Phone stomping. Yeah. Xbox. I remember people like doing all types of like electronics. Whenever the new thing came out, they would just like destroy it because it would be like popular videos yeah you know, that's not very different from tiktok today yeah they just do whatever nonsense for attention yeah it makes you want to pull oh i used to have hair to pull out of my head i, I, I don't anymore. Yeah. want to hear something funny I, about TikTok? tiktok my yeah. first video hit a million today oh congrats but it's been like months it's just been trending but what happened was i was being silly and I was actually like amazed by the earth and planet. And I was like, it's beautiful. But I said it in a nonsense way. I was like, isn't it crazy how the, uh, the water just sticks to this thing? Like I understand, I know gravity and I understand it, but I was just like joking around and saying, it's just amazing. That's what I was trying to say, but in a very nonsense, trying to be funny. Mm -hmm. And people thought it was, I was saying it's a flat earth. Like I didn't believe it. So you got ripped. Yeah. So, but it was all kids. <laughs> they're like, they're all kids are just like, it's gravity. It's called gravity. I'm like, I, I know that. And, but anyway, that, that's how fickle it is is like just a little simple thing like that could send you like gets millions of views for nothing but tiktok reminds weird. me of uh, all this all this uh, reminds me of the dot-com era when companies that had no earnings were selling for like billions of dollars it's like what is it worth is it worth something or is it worth nothing but most mm. of them were worth nothing a lot yeah. of the nonsense was just noise you know they happened to be in the right place at the right time that was that was the dot-com era in the 90s like companies would sell for Lots of money to be no earnings. Like no accountant firm would ever say this company has no value. It doesn't make any money. If anything, it's losing money. 
Right. So you're going to invest in something to pay Still the bills. Still get hundreds yeah. of millions of dollars in investments. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. I mean, you wonder. That's. I think that's what gets me. Like, the, you talk about persuasion and communication, and, and then you see someone in TikTok with a million followers, mm-hmm. and he, he just stuffs cupcakes in his mouth. <laughs> and it's like, what... I mean, I guess it's entertainment value. The king of the idiots. I don't know. I'll never understand. You've got to build something and create something. You know, I don't know what the, the product is there. Um, yeah, maybe there's a whole, a whole uh, business underneath it I'm not seeing. That's, cupcake. Could be, yeah, maybe he sells cupcake I shirts. And Cupcakes. Uh, you know, if, if, he, if he said, well, I, I wanted to always start a... You know, be a disc jockey. I didn't have enough money. All I had were these cupcakes. I made some cupcakes and sold them on the sidewalk. But then a, then a, then a, then a car gave, came by and got my cupcakes all, all wet. Uh, so I had all these wet cupcakes I couldn't sell. So I started washing cars and made enough money to buy my disc jockey equipment. Now I'm a disc jockey. Now I'm the Oof. guy, DJ Khalid, down the street. He lives right down the street. Well, maybe the, maybe the, maybe the TikTok is his first act. Like maybe he started doing cupcakes. He has no idea why it blew up. It started to because of the weird trend. People like weird trends for no reason. And then he got famous and then he starts doing something. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, he always got it. That's his conflict. He he got hooked on drugs because his TikTok (laughs) videos got so good. Crazy. You end up getting hooked on drugs because you get bored. So if, my, if life becomes too simple, you you start to invent problems. You start sabotaging. Yeah, you know it's kind of moving all over the place. But yeah, the minimum viable product. Let's get back to that. Yes. So you have a minimum viable product. You create a short three part story around the big idea that that product does. The big promise. It's novel, new. So this minimum product is new, and it's going to help you survive in some way. You create the the headline. This product will help you survive. Right, faster, stronger. Uh, here are the three points, and then you, then you put it together. And what I loved about his, um, in, in the book, he's got these hacks, these mindset hacks to start thinking outside the box a little bit. Mm-hmm. And the first hack was, there's four of them. Here's the first one. You got a product, you got an idea, you're kind of stuck, right? And he says there's mindset. It's like reader's block. We talked about this morning for some reason. Remember we were talking about reader's block at breakfast? Yeah. It was like reader's block is a gift. It means you got to move. So he says, stroll the aisles of other companies and other products. Start looking and browsing in the periphery of your industry. Like Steve Jobs w- was strolling the kitchen appliances when he saw a Cuisinart, which became the model for the Macintosh. Mm. The Cuisinart, uh, whatever the, that was. It. The intersection of social sciences and tech. Liberal arts and tech. Liberal arts yeah. and tech. He gave a few other examples, too. Well, he said, uh, well, theme songs, like play a music that gets you inspired. Like if you're stuck, uh, he says, come up with a theme song, like the song from, what do you like, Braveheart? That's your movie, isn't it? I love Braveheart. The yeah. Patriot's my the, favorite the movie. Mood, the song, or have a song that gets you in a vibe. Uh, he also talks about traveling. He says, just go somewhere and get, and get a new environment. You know, get, get around different people. Yeah. And, you know, that's a whole, these, these are all hacks to get your mindset different. And, yeah. And, like right now, we're, we're in a new place here. And we're actually stuck here, so it's interesting. We've only been here, what, two weeks, maybe? How long have we been here, Steve? I don't know, but I started a lot of drugs because we haven't been able to do anything. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's like... April 1. Yeah, April 1, so about two weeks. What and, day is it? And we're, we're, 13, we're in a new environment, so we've got new ideas. Like, we can't leave, and we, we've, we, I can't even begin to tell you all the work we've gotten done. Because yeah. we've been focused on that. I haven't even watched the news in, like, a week. Yeah, we used to check those stats, like, religiously, the... 
those cases and stuff. We kind of, I kind of fell off looking uh, at yeah, it. Yeah, I don't look at it anymore. It's, it doesn't. It literally doesn't matter. There was yeah. a the moment this morning, or I think it was last night. Was I mentioning it was just like a weird moment where the quarantine felt normal, where I was like, I need to go to the store, but I need to go early because I need paper products, and there's like less people, and I was, and I thought of it as like a routine thing. I'm like, okay, tomorrow I got to go right first thing in the morning. I'm like, oh my god, it's not like normal anymore. I mean, it's becoming normal. Yeah. My normal routine is not normal anymore, where I can go any time of the day. I have to go. It's weird. Yeah, but if you got to change your mindset, like if you're, I think this will work for anyone who's like depressed or not feeling well or a little uninspired is look at these four hacks, you know, start looking at other industries, see if you can pick up new ideas for your own industry, you know, get music to inspire you because music makes your, your mind flip out a little bit differently. I write to music nonstop. Change your environment, like yep. get around different people. And then the last one is my favorite, read books. Yeah. That was his fourth hack, you know, start to get ideas from books. If you can't read a book, there's a good podcast that summarizes and gives I, you the I best idea. I heard about them, yeah. <laughs> um, something came up, quick hack that's important if you are in your own, I mean, because I was in a studio apartment where I worked and I also lived, and simply separating where you have your laptop and where you work versus where you eat. And we're talking a small place, right? right. So like one side of the apartment for one thing, one side for the other. And it just, it doesn't feel like this one constant kind of cloud. It, it feels like your day's more methodical right. because you're spacing it out. So anyway, that came up on the conversation sure, this I'm morning. I'm sure a lot of people are like dealing with that right now in their homes where they never worked. Exactly. My friend, uh, my friend Julie is now at home and her husband is also at home. He mm -hmm. started a new job virtually. Like they, they, they hired him, but he, he all of a sudden now his job's at home. So they're together and they're, and they're close to each other. So they got to create some kind of separation. That's really good coaching. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's got to be a, a, a border, a line to cross over to go into different modes. Yeah. You have to, you got to separate those things. But what about the companies that are discovering that productivity is not falling off? In fact, the opposite is happening. People are more productive. And they're saving costs. Yeah, and the noise, like people, all the noise is gone. Like you can't be, there's no one to shoot the shit with at the at the water fountain. Yeah, you know, yeah, or on the way back and forth to the bathroom. That's always a half hour. I remember one guy used to in my office every day at twelve o'clock or eleven, right after he'd grab the Wall Street Journal and he'd disappear for an hour. Where'd yeah. he go? Right. <laughs> it's like, come on, man. It's like an forty hour. minute smoke breaks. I gotta pay that guy fifty bucks an hour to go to the bathroom, right? <laughs> I don't know. Should have given him an hour off. But that's the, uh, the big idea here, you know, be a great communicator. Persuade and communicate. Yeah. What about the John F. Kennedy one? I, I, I like that example a lot. I used it today. Did you? Yeah. In I one of your meetings? I was coaching a team of managers and there was like 10 objectives. This is interesting because there was 10 of them. Like they want to hire this many new people. They want this many new sales. They want this many new phone, all the dials and stuff like that. And it was like all these objectives. And I said, why don't you just lump it into one big goal? And, you know, there's one big goal that if you do that big goal, everything else will happen. And that was Kennedy's speech, right? Go to the moon and get them back safely. By the end of the decade. By the end of the decade. Right, because that summarized, you know, he went to Congress and said, we need to do this. And which is you got to send a, send a man to the moon by the end of the decade, return him safely to Earth was the one and only goal of NASA, which replaced about 50 goals. Mm. They had all these goals about exploring science and 
you know, getting new materials and being, you know, improving the national defense, you know, the, all these reasons. But if we successfully did that one thing, everything else would have uh, would have fallen into place. Yeah. And it did. You know, he appealed it, to pathos. And everybody in Nassau that was, there was, I guess, 300,000 people connected to that goal, by the way. I didn't realize it was that many people. That's a big organization, 300,000 people. Um, if you ask the janitor what he was doing, he'd say, I'm helping put a man on the moon as he's sweeping the floor mm. across the board. Like, that's incredible buy-in. Uh, people, you know, people are, um, when they're connected to clarity, like even in our own world, our, our own little business here is growing quite well since we got really clear on our name. Yeah. You know, books and business. Like, we're not getting interviewed for other things. Like, we're, we talk about business books like this one that can make you a better communicator, better entrepreneur, better marketer, uh, better leader. Yeah. Make we, less mistakes. We've done, and, and I, I really, I believe this wholeheartedly, like, you know, it, clients aside, products aside, all the things that we've done that we're proud of, I feel like that switch and that clarity from your voice to the world, which is lovely, but it, right. it's, you know, very convoluted. I loved it. I loved it. Yeah, I loved <laughs> I it. I did too. <laughs> I liked it. You liked it? Yeah. Oh, I liked it. Yeah. And I understood it, but I had a hard time explaining it. Yeah. What is it? Well, that's... Well, share your voice, build your business. Huh? Hey, when someone does that, they say, you say what the business is. It's like, share your voice, build your business. And they're like, what? Right. With books. And, entrep- and then like you lost them. Exactly. It's the same yeah. concept as fifth grade reading level. Yeah. You know, it's a good example simple. of how, how to use uh, MVP, minimum viable product. Yeah. Love it. Love it. We had our best three days in a row con- consecutive in COVID-19. Yeah. Like, like, I think these last three days will match the entire prior month almost. It's pretty Down exciting. Road. So say hello to all the new people listening. Yeah, yeah. Hi. Good to have you. <laughs> We're on some playlists. Uh, we're actually putting together other lists to to, com- to kind of combine books to get a multiplier effect. Um, but depending on what you're trying to do, physical product, online product, you want to be a speaker, you want to be an influencer, you want to work from anywhere, all those are possible through these ideas. It took a little time, but like as you become acclimated with the podcasting space, it was such a black hole. Yeah. You know, it's an important segment of what we do, but like I, I feel like now we really understand it, you know, to, to a level that we didn't four months ago, five months. It's ago. my most enjoyable thing I do of everything. Yeah. Yeah. I do it if I, if no one was listening, because what, when you learn like this, you know, Eddie and I both learn differently. We, you know, we shared the algorithm last night on a, on a live we did for another group. I think we did it for your Instagram account. Mm-hmm. And it was about how do you take in a book a week? A book a week is 52 books a week. And I'm, you know, I'm probably reading a couple other ones. I think I'm closer to 70 books a year. Um, but this book takes about, it's about eight hours of reading, right? If you sat down and read it. And if you listen to it on Audible, on double speed, which I think you do too, yep. you can knock out the book in about a, a half the time, four, oh, hours. four hours. And then I, in my case, I just dog ear the places in the book that... Um, I don't think you missed a page. I, I mean, there's only about 25 real notes in there. <laughs> and some of them we won't even talk about here, but these are things I'll use in my own business. These are ideas. I mean, there's, one, there's something well, called anything, sweet, sweet talk. It reinforces the points, you know? It's yeah. good. Like, it, you know, I, we, we missed this idea, but it was called sweet talk. Like, oh, he's a sweet talker. He's a, my dad used to call me a bullshitter. 
You're a bullshitter. No, Dad, I was a good communicator, right? Like, it's, and, and it started to pay later on. Like, he thought I was a bullshitter because I was talking my way out of things. And other people call it sweet talk. But there's an <laughs> economist that studied jobs that required persuasion as the money-making part of the job. Mm-hmm. And there's three categories he put, or she put, a group that was 75% was persuasion, like lawyers, salespeople, uh, doctors. They got to persuade their patients and customers to, to act. Most of their job is persuasion. And then you got others with 50%, like teachers and educators and authors, half their time is persuading people. And then you got people that have authority by their position, like a cop or a fireman, 25%. They still got to persuade, like get out of the tree, get out of the car, that type of thing. Right. She found out that 30 to 50, 30 to 40% of the GDP in the world is connected directly to one's ability to persuade correctly. And if you don't think it's important to learn how to persuade and communicate, you're missing the boat. And if you can just be a little bit better than the next person who doesn't do any studying about it, you could probably 2x your position. It's an incredible point and in what should really mobilize you to pick up the book. Uh, if anything, is that for me, I remember I was running down the street when this clicked. I was listening on Audible. The best ideas don't get out there. And the best ideas don't change the world. The ideas by the people who tell the best stories are what moves, you know, moves the masses, gets people out there. And so literally the ability to communicate the value of your ideas is everything. Totally. Everything. And so that, to me, I was like, a, a good idea is worth nothing. It's worth just as much as your ability to communicate that idea. Right. And uh, it made me think, man, maybe I read this thing twice. I don't know. Oh, I love it. I mean, we, 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 it was a slow starter. And we would talk to Carmine. One of the, I don't know whether or not it was a good idea. We talked to him before we did the podcast. But I, I, afterward, so I had more to read before, and I just wanted to get his perspective there were so many great ideas about how to be a better communicator that if you want to be a better communicator, it's, it, it may be the number one discipline above all yeah. other things now in the idea currency era. More important than major in college, right. more important than your background. Because you don't have to sell your idea. You can just be a good salesperson of a good idea you support. True. I think most of the ideas that that's a very good point. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't want. I mean, I don't think I have many original ideas. I I, I put <laughs> sure ideas. I get ideas from strolling the aisles. I go to other industries and I see things like in, in, you know I left financial services mm-hmm. to become an author. So I strolled the aisles of other people that sold books and influencers. So I built up you know my audience a little bit, not a lot, but enough, big enough to be way bigger than anyone that I was in the old business with. And every time I turned a rock over, there was a new idea that I would have made good money and helped a lot of people with in my old world. So I started, I was, I'm almost like a translator now, like an interpreter of the, of the digital world to the old bricks and mortar financial services industry. Yeah. So I kind of went on a journey, my own little hero's journey because of my conflict. You know, I left their business, I went and survived terminal illness, recreated myself, came back with all these ideas. I go, look at these ideas. You know, look how you can work from anywhere in the world and make a great living. You know, they're always t- stuck at the desk, so I've been teaching them how to work from anywhere. It's an interesting way to put it. Yeah. yeah. I had a thought I wanted to run by you guys. I was actually thinking this recently about art, and uh, 
your ability to create art that resonates with people. And it reminds me, it reminded me of that when you were talking about the ability to persuade your idea, if you actually have an idea. So if you have this idea, but you can't persuade it at all, you can't get anybody to buy into it. It's, it's worthless, but art is kind of similar because if you create something and you think it's great, but not a single person it resonates with, how do you know it's good? You know, and it's kind of like an idea. You have this great idea, but if you can't, if you can't, connect it with anything or convince anybody of it is art similar like would you think art is kind of similar in the fact that like if you make a song that you love so much but nobody gives you any feedback or like you put it out there and nothing like obviously we've both done that we both put stuff out that nobody really gives feedback but what about like something never like you never get feedback on your stuff like you should be like i'm i'm terrible at this or just terrible at communicating it it's a weird thought it's like the artist's dilemma yeah, he has a whole chapter called Verbal Beauty. Like he talks about what Picasso did to make his art novel. Like he, he Picasso would, uh, and Buffett, Buffett, and Jobs both quote Picasso because pa- Picasso says the great artists, good artists copy, great artists steal. Mm-hmm. Copies copying. You're 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 copying somebody. You're not original. Stealing something is just kind of repurposing. It's like strolling the other aisles. You're like Building saying. upon. Yeah, I'm like take this concept and I'm gonna put it in my my creative world and I'm gonna come out with something that never existed before. I'm gonna I'm gonna create it. Mm. Um, and it's you know the, with words and communication, it's verbal beauty. Um, and Buffett and Charlie Munger are both big architects of metaphor. And you're you're as good as anyone I've never ever seen in metaphor. Like in your in your writing, you know, using metaphors and analogy to explain to somebody something that is the idea that you don't really know with something that everybody knows to kind of make that connection. Yeah, that's, that moves people. Tangible, yeah. abstract metaphor that they can relate to mm. and then slowly pull them up into some big picture, some big message that they relate to through that metaphor. It's like a vehicle. Yeah, there's a lot of cool examples. Um, I mean, they... they um, they keep making them, and, and, and I'm going to Berkshire. Well, I was going to go to Berkshire Hathaway's uh, meeting. I think it's going to be canceled in May. Summer? It's in May. Oh. Yeah, it's probably canceled, but I was going to go again. I was Because I wanted to see. It's like seeing Joe DiMaggio, and here's a metaphor. It's like seeing Joe DiMaggio and Babe Ruth in the same stadium. Yeah. They're both oh, gone, yeah. but Charlie, so and, sharp. Charlie and Warren Buffett are the Joe DiMaggio's and Babe Ruth of, of their era. Hmm. That's a metaphor. You know, he, they're that big in the space. And they're not just big in the investment space. They're big in the human potential space. Yeah. And it's funny because I doubt they set out to do that. But just by sharing the way they look at the world, it's like, I'm going to put that in my pocket and I'm right. going to use that over here. Yeah. Um, the, the cognitive biases changed my life. I mean, they oh. did 100%. Yeah, I know. I mean, when you look at a recipe, if you want a recipe to, to, uh, to, to improve your communication skills, this is one of the, if I was going to pick three books, I'd, I'd pick, you know, this book. I would pick Charlie, Poor Charlie's Almanac, you know, to learn the cognitive biases. If you're selling somebody, understand what those are, what the super reaction tool. What other book will we look at? For, for persuasion? Yeah, just to persuade. Um, hmm. Yeah, essentialism. I mean, cause that way you're not trying to do too many. There's just so many. It'd be kind of cool to put that recipe together for our listeners. You know, what four books could you put together? Maybe to Donald be a, Miller's book. Oh, Donna Miller, yeah. Uh, story brand, fantastic. That's, yeah. that's, uh, that's actually telling the hero's story for your brand. Yeah. And the seven-part system. I pull from that quite a bit. Yeah, I, he's one of my favorites. Uh, I'm actually going to probably 
you know, he's been dripping on me so long. I'm pro- there's a, he's actually selling a, uh, he's selling a live webinar for like a grand, which is a lot for a webinar. I might buy it. His ideas are so is good. It, is it a course or like a one hour thing? It's or? his story brand coaching. Yeah, I love oh, his stuff. Yeah, I use it a lot. You know, basically, you know, he, he talks about the client being the hero of the story. So you have a character. By the way, this is totally random. We're not, we don't know him. We're, we're we don't know him at promoting all. him. Yeah. But. Well, we, I mean, whatever. Yeah, you don't have to buy it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> all you can do is like, just keep listening. I'll, I'll, I'll Stop curate. listening. Okay. All right. Hero has a problem, yeah. meets a guide. That gives him a plan, that calls him to action. There he goes. That avoids tragedy, gains pleasure. Right? That's it. I use that a lot. Seven part story. So if you have a, you know, the the problem a lot of people make is they make themselves the hero of their own stories. You want to make the listener the hero of the story. We use that all the time. We've been talking about when we try to come up with things, the stones in the creek. We bring up that book a lot with like the story. I, I really like that book. That one helped me a lot. The plan. I mean, everybody wants yeah. a plan. Like, you want to be a great communicator. What's the plan? You know, this. He breaks this down in three parts. Yeah. In four hours, you can be a way better communicator. In forty minutes to an hour, you're definitely going to be better than you were. You know, these aren't a supplement to reading the book. There's, it's an encouragement to read the book and then get get on our community and start rapping about it. Ooh. Right. That's what my belief is. Yeah. We're creating a lot of readers. I know we're getting feedback. New people are reading books. I had a friend of mine who's a bookie, owns two restaurants, right? He knows who he's a listener too. So, but he called me up. He says, I don't have any money coming in right now for the first time since high school. There's no sporting events and he owns two restaurants. They're closed. Now it's booking. It's illegal, isn't it? What do you call that then? Wait, what do you... You know what a bookie is? Yeah. Yeah, the neighborhood guy. I mean, small-time guy, but right. that's what he did. But he, he's reading our book. Allegedly. He's reading books. I don't care what he yeah. does. <laughs> I don't judge what people do. That's not my place in the world. I'm just telling you that he's reading books. He's recreating himself. That's awesome. Because his world has changed, like, massively. Imagine that. It's the most important thing you can do. Really? 50 years old. I didn't think a book a week was possible. I, I, oh, my God. I think it's... Well, just because we're so busy Let's and I'm so many day. things you want to do, but you kids, not only that, I feel like if you wanted to, you could do two. I guess it's very, very possible. We can do a, We're going to do a second podcast, actually. We're going to do one. At, we're going to rap. Yeah. It's going to be a current affairs rap. As in talk. Yeah. <laughs> rap. <laughs> you don't want to hear me rap. Um, one any thing, questions? Uh, let me, I didn't have checked. Let me check. We'll find the um, questions. What was I going to say? I was going to say something that you mentioned, though, um, that I liked that reminded me of Carmen Gallo's quote. What are you doing then? Sitting there the whole time? <laughs> no, I'm <laughs> um, You said that you would do this podcast either way, even if it wasn't like for something because you like to talk about the books. Yeah. And that's a quote that reminded me of Ka- Carmen, which is uh, Carmine, which is people cannot inspire others unless and until they are inspired themselves. So it's like you're very inspired about these books. That's why I think this that's does sad. well. So I think, and I really like that. And I'll tell you the other quote he has too that I put as the caption, which is longer. Science shows that passion is contagious. Literally, you cannot inspire others unless you are inspired yourself. You stand a much greater chance of persuading and inspiring your listeners if you express an enthusiastic, passionate, and meaningful connection to your topic. I really like that one because he talks about the story, talks about these things. But if you have your own story and you connect with it, that alone is like a, a huge part of it, which is why I think... 
stories do well because most time people are telling their own story so they're like connected personally to it i, I, I was that. thinking about some of the people that we, we we go to dinner every night and we've been cooking in here and we think about these people that are bartenders and waiters that we go visit that we enjoy you know the, the, the casino's just up the street and they're out of work maybe some of them kind of did something to bridge their income because they're legitimately out of work and many of those people are great people and have families and they're living hand to mouth i mean they make great money but they just never thought so some of them had to recreate themselves. Um, maybe, maybe this is enough to have them completely do it. But if I had to build a strategy to go from nothing, right? This is a good story they can tell their their grandkids once they, you know, I was a, you know, I was working, you know, my way through. I had a good job. I was a top waiter at a top restaurant, making big money. You know, they make about a hundred grand sometimes. COVID nineteen hits. I'm out of work. I have no money. I have bills. I have mouths to feed. I recreate myself as X. I learn how to become a business owner, an entrepreneur. Maybe they go on to change the world. There's your three-part story. That's a three-part story system. Yep. So if you're a bartender or you're no bartender or a waiter or someone in travel who's been just wiped out, airline people, you have the, you have the conflict. You have the hardest part of a story, which is conflict. The before part is what it is. The after part, you haven't written yet. That's who you want to become, the identity that you're going to recreate yourself into yeah that new person it's one of my favorite points like i was talking to to someone today who's like pretty down and out mm-hmm. it's like the reminder ex- exactly how you just put it like conflict is the springboard to recreation to good things and yeah. you know on the other side like it's hard to pick yourself up and see the other side of it but that's where the good stuff is you know you got to hang in right yeah it all cost and and uh Last night we were, we were doing a live. Somebody had asked about, oh, uh, what, is, what was the question about coming back from something really bad from tragedy? Mm. That come last night. Yeah, I can't recall. Something along those lines. Yeah, there, like someone had fallen out. down at zero. I was like, and I said, man, or it was a woman, was a woman. <laughs> <laughs> you are at the place to completely start to move away from that. The world gave you that as a gift because when you're at zero, moving away from zero and creating momentum is super easy. Just anything. Uh, and then you build on it. And when you're at just slight momentum, it seems like a lot when you look back and see where you were. Yeah. I said, that's when you start to get a lot of feedback because people around you are always rooting for you. Someone falls, everyone looks. Like, get up. Everybody <laughs> wants you to get, get up. We want you to get up. And if you get up a little bit, they'll cheer you on. Mm-hmm. It's like the kid that couldn't hit the baseball in Little League. It's hard to watch. If he gets one hit, the whole place goes crazy. I know. <laughs> I've seen that before. That's Humans great. are interesting. People like cry. You know? yeah. <laughs> Everyone wants to see the comeback, so make the damn comeback. Yeah. Until you but, succeed, then they yank you down. It's like Tom Brady. He, he <laughs> makes all these comebacks. And, and you know, later on, I was thinking he probably gets behind on purpose because the game's boring to him. Yeah. Because he can make the comeback. Like, I don't know if that's the story, but once you're down, like the Atlanta game, he's way, way down, and he comes back and wins. Because That's like one of the most famous oh, comebacks yeah. ever. That was incredible. Yeah. He had a brilliant quote that I shared on Twitter. He was basically like someone asked him about the situation and leaving teams, yeah. going to, I think, the team with the most losses in NFL history, maybe, was the stat that I, I saw. Tampa Bay? Yeah. I didn't know that. Um, huh? I, I may be wrong, but there's some stat like that that's not flattering. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, why Why did you do that? And he says, I just couldn't handle not knowing like, <laughs> what I could have done. And that's how 
winners think, you know, like the, the regret. He's going to know what he, for sure. What he could have done with Tampa Bay? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. That's yeah. crazy. Wait, why Tampa Bay? Just because of how bad it was? Uh, just It was just a new opportunity. I think the question was more like, why didn't you stay with the Patriots? You've been with them 20 years. Yeah. You've had so much success. And yeah, That's awesome. Yeah, it was just a cool way of uh, articulating that. We'll see how it goes, right? Yeah. So you got to play it out. <laughs> Um, I'm rooting for him. He's been good to uh, good to New England sports. I think he's been good to sports. He's been good to people who have lousy teams because they gave them someone to hate. Yeah. I mean, he's just been great for sports, and he's got a good story. Guess what? Tom Brady doesn't get in the game against the uh, – when Bledsoe got hurt, Tom Brady never becomes Tom Brady. We talk about ideas that die in the vine. You've got to have a combination of a, an opportunity to step up, and you've got to shine. So when your chance comes to tell your story, if you get in front of the right person or the right circumstances, these are the times you want to revert to short, sweet bullets of why someone wants to do something. Imagine Tom Brady came in and nervous. He fumbled. He came right up. Became Tom Brady. He was just a badass, yeah. He was ready. Do you know what he said, his, favorite, his famous uh, statement to Kraft when, when he said, who are you? No. First time they met. No. He said, I'm, I'm Tom Brady. I'm the best decision this organization's ever made. He oh was the six-round wow. draft choice. That's awesome. <laughs> he said, I'm the best decision this organization's ever made. <laughs> and he wasn't wrong. Wow. Yeah. You want to hit him with next week's book? Where is next week's book? What I'll is go grab next it. week's book. Well, let's start with why. Do you know what it is? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Simon Sedek, start with why. I cannot wait. I know. I'm so pumped for that. Yeah, this guy, this guy's sizzle. I read, uh, I read Leaders Eat Last. You already read it. Yeah, but I've been, I've been excited to read this. This is kind of what kicked it? everything out. It's floating around. We don't somewhere. need it. All right. Yeah. Oh, that's it right there. Then. Got it. Oh, okay. Never mind. Uh, anyway, yeah, but yeah, that'll be an awesome read. He's a sharp dude. Well, he, he, he has a lot of the pathos, you know, why. Why you want to do something. Very powerful. Um, you know, he's a TED Talk. He turned into a book. Yeah. Right? That's one of the. It's mentioned in this uh, in this book actually. Uh, is one of the most viewed TED talks of all time. His was. Yeah, yeah. And it's just on a whiteboard with a marker in this in this you know weird little room, and he's he's drawing. You know, it, it's it's impressive. It really is. But um, I'm sure we'll have a lot to uh, to break down and, and talk about next week. So I'm pumped. Sweet. All right, guys. Okay.